Good evening, and welcome to another edition of podcast. I'm Todd. I think I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? I, I am here. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hey. Uh, excited to be back with you. Spring practice is fully underway for the football team. Um, lots of good stuff going on right now. Baseball off to a hot start. I saw the, uh, the local crowd seems to be growing for the baseball team this year, which is good. And we're going to do a whole bunch of things tonight. Um, as always, we're brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. They have the big, they're one of the lead sponsors for the big Rocktown Beer Fest coming up on April 20th. You can, as always, go by the tap room, mention the podcast, and get a free pint glass. We are also brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. So thrilled to have those guys. We heard from Brian and Colby this week. Uh, really excited to be working with them. And it's time to get out there and fish, right, Rob? It is. It is. Not around here. But conditions are garbage. The water was so high. It was like chocolate milk. It was so muddy. Yeah, I've um, had so much rain. Yeah. yeah it's, but it's, I understand it's getting nice in the valley. So this is kind of prime time. If you can, if you can get out, this is the perfect time of year to do it. And Mossy Creek and the surrounding uh, spring creeks down in the burg are the perfect place. Absolutely. So a couple plugs for JMU. It's a reunion weekend. This is a new thing they're trying this year coming up April 13th. Um, weekend i know it is my class of 99 reunion weekend uh, i will not be down there that weekend but for anybody that is especially because that is the same weekend as the spring game i think it's a maybe a good idea going forward i don't know i think they've had it's always hard to get the football's become such a big deal i think it's hard for them to get the space uh for homecoming the way that they always have in the past so they're trying some new stuff so if your class is coming up take a look at that on the alumni association website and I saw JMU announced this week that MAC, the Madison Alumni Conference, is coming up the last weekend. It's like May 31st and June 1st. I've had a great time down there the last few years. It's really interesting. You get to learn a lot. Um, if anybody wants to go to that, uh, they're happy to have you. And it's a really fun time. So that's kind of cool. Tonight, we're going to talk about a little bit about Pro Day today. That was today at JMU. It's good weather for it. Um, we're certainly going to talk women's hoops. Big, big game coming up this week. And a really good performance this past weekend. And then we're going to do a little, a couple little, I guess they're almost two overtime topics. But um, Rob, what did you think about Pro Day today? I was pretty excited. To see, yeah. I mean, like, like a lot of people, I think I was you know, excited for everybody, but most excited to see how Jimmy would do. Yeah, looked like he ran well. Looked like he ran well. I mean, he just really, I don't think he had to blow the doors off anybody, but he probably just had to show that he had NFL caliber speed. And mm-hmm. he certainly did that. Yeah. I think I saw he ran like a 4-4. Yeah. 4-4. Um, mm-hmm. That would put him right in the mix of all the cornerbacks that were at the combine. Yep. Um, which is really all he needed. Just, yeah, he said he was just, shooting for a little lower, but it certainly was – he had also said, you know, 4-4 was what he was looking for, for sure, as a baseline. It's good to see that. I saw some – you know, this is a pro day, so it's not, it's not the combine. So everybody's watch is a little different, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I like mean, the were... old swim meets where you got like three guys uh-huh. take the average. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I there were people saying he ran in the high four threes, and then they were like in the four four, and I, I don't know. Anyways, um, but I mean, I'm not but... like a draft maker or anything, but I would imagine that it. Yeah, the for key him, is it's not about speed. I mean, his no. ball skills, his you know, particularly after he catches the ball, his kind of elusiveness, what yeah. events. So he just had to show that he can hang. He he's not going to get drafted for being a burner. He's going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. For all those other things, you know, yeah. being a good cover corner, having good anticipation, good ball skills. The fact that, you know, if he needs that flat out speed, okay, mm-hmm. he, 
he's there. He's NFL level. So yep. I think that's probably all he needed to do. Correct? I think so too. Yeah. And, and it looked like he was catching punts today as well. So, you know, he's obviously going to have to do some things on special teams like Raven Green did last year mm-hmm. um, and hopefully will continue doing for the Packers. So, yeah, I, I think that was right, Rob. I, I just – this was a really exciting pro day. JMU has held a pro day of some form or another for the last, I don't know, decade or so. But most years it's either been – there's a really obvious guy, you know, an Earl Watford or a Josh Wells – you know, someone who we thought, oh, yeah, this guy's going to get drafted or really get a chance. Or there was a bunch of guys that were really, you're not sure, you know. Yeah. And this felt like a big opportunity for Jimmy today because he had played so well at some of the showcase games and not gotten the combine, combine invite. And so it just, it, it was a big deal for him to show. He just, like you said, I think he just had to show he's in the class uh, on the speed side because he's put a lot of things on film both in college and now with the senior games to, to show that he's certainly capable of competing. And it, this has got to feel great for him. I mean, he, it, I did see the, the brief little clip today of him being interviewed afterwards and he just had a big smile. Like he has to feel like this is a really good shot. So that was really, really exciting. I mean, good luck to all the guys who I, I did see Marcus Marshall ran really well today too. Yeah. And elders put up some good numbers yeah, as well. Yeah. So you know, it's kind of Mar- Marshall struggled a little bit with injuries, I think, down the stretch last year. And we didn't get to see him at his what at the peak we had seen from him at previous times um, in his two years at JMU. So who knows? I mean, who knows? And, and now I think I- I'm sure a lot of these guys, too, with the AAF and the success that particularly Andrew Ankara has had this year and the, and the XFL coming back. You know, I don't know. Everybody's got their own choices to make, but there are more opportunities to play professional football right now than there have been at any time in the last say 20 years. If, if those guys are willing to do that. I mean, I think, yeah, since I, the, I think that's, that's cool. That's, that's a good way of putting it. Like, yeah, it's almost like the option where you've got all these guys coming out playing college hoops. You can go be a professional for a couple of years and just do it to have fun or to get one last shot at trying to get noticed and get in the league. Yeah. Much like you could playing in some of these European leagues or the G league. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, try to make it as undrafted, train, you know, get cut in training camp, mm-hmm. train by yourself. Yeah. You can try another year or two. Like, you actually have a shot of maybe the window is two or three years. Right. Now, I think so. Maybe you can make it. Yeah. 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 And, and it's still a long shot, but it's still like there is a path to prove yourself. Right. It's not, it's never been like basketball or baseball where you might have a chance to, you know, even if that's not going to be your career for your whole life, you know, 20 years, you're, there's a lot. I mean, we've seen a ton of guys from JMU go to Europe or go to other places, play basketball and mm-hmm. get a chance um, to earn, earn a living for a few years and have a great experience. I mean, we see it on the women's side too, with Kirby Burkholder the last couple of years. So it, it, that just hasn't been available sort of in the football realm, unless you go to Canada, which we may see a couple Dukes in Canada this year. Yeah. Yeah. But there's definitely more opportunities. It feels like right now. And yeah, it's going to be, it will be exciting, I think, next year to see if anybody from this AAF league gets a chance come this summer, um, you know, in the NFL. Because I'd have to imagine that that's, I mean, like you said, if you're an NFL scout or GM and you see a guy actually playing, it's a big difference from a guy working out and you're just bringing him in to see what, what, what I mean, what can you tell at that point? 
Yeah, you, you, it's not just taking a flyer as much. You got no. a little bit more to go on. Right. So maybe you see see a guy that could fill a hole on your roster or do something different. So yeah, you know, I'm not sure. At least a couple guys will get signed. I mean, didn't guys get signed out of the old XFL? They, they did. Yeah, yeah, quite a few, yeah, I think. So, yeah, yeah. So and another thing on the football front, Rob, I don't know if you've been following this this week, but Medea has had some really great stuff as spring yeah, practice has started. So anybody go to the rival site or in the DNR, Greg Medea, I, I saw, you know, really cool article about Mike Green just got me so excited for this year about him kind of being pissed that he wasn't selected for all conference stuff last year and really getting back to work. Kendall Dean, uh, one of your guys, you know, there's some good stuff about him and it seems like Signetti's really impressed with the way he's been working. Maybe seems the receivers in general. Yeah. Yeah. Thought... As a unit. Yeah, and I thought, I thought what we saw about Dylan Stapleton and Clayton Cheatham as well at the tight end mm-hmm. position we talked a little bit about last week. But, yeah, it's – that's <laughs> – this is – I mean, this is just <laughs> – I don't know. It's just catnip for us, for fans. Yeah, right? it, it is exciting. Yeah. It, I, I, it's also good that it's not all just like quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Like, I, I'd like to think that most people are just trusting Signetti and the coaches to work that out. Uh-huh. You don't see people – really chomping at the bit like pounding Medea for who's going to win the quarterback battle like no nobody's going to win it right now no um, no they're not and, and there's bigger things like that's an important thing to consider but the job isn't going to be won the first week of spring practice no. might be somebody will probably have a leg up coming out of the spring game mm-hmm. but the big picture is is obviously way more important than just the quarterback position I think that'll take care of itself yeah I think so too and I, yeah I mean the it's always funny in the spring. You just don't know what to take away. I mean, I'm just impressed that Signetti seems happy with a bunch of players. The players seem happy to be back on the field, regardless of who the coaches are right now. You know, and I don't know, just all the quotes I've seen so far make me excited for the team we think we have next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a loaded roster coming back. That's for sure. It sure is. And, and, and I'm really hopeful that one of these quarterbacks will step up. I mean, but I don't know that who knows what you can take away from the spring and, and you also, I mean, you got to wait and see. I mean, if anybody gets injured or something happens, you don't—you never know at this point. No, it's no, way it's, too it's early to get too long ways out. Yeah, and if the, and if the Dukes lead the nation in rushing, like Signetti has stated he wants to do, um, the quarterback position may be—I don't want to say simpler, but it may be under less scrutiny next year. Um, it certainly seems the Dukes might be capable of coming pretty close to leading the nation in rushing next year. So, well, it's just—it's just, it's just a—it's a like you said, it's not going to be simple or, or an easy job you're still going to need good quarterbacks sure. to go as deep as we as fans want them to go right but i don't think the offense is going to go on the arm of any one of these guys right no you know it's going to be the offensive line the running game and then just i don't know keeping the defense honest and taking their shots downfield when you can right and so i think that takes us to our next big topic which is the women's hoops team and um Thank goodness, uh, Kamaya Smalls was back playing over the weekend. <laughs> and what a difference it made as the Dukes. I think, we, Rob, you had said last week you were really nervous about the potential matchup with South Florida. And they, they won handily this weekend with uh, Kamaya back in the lineup. And Dukes won by 17. Uh, Kamaya finished with 17. I think that's pretty fitting. So right. I, I, uh... Well, it's nice. I mean, they're still not full strength, and they're not going to be. But nope. having Smalls back is a big deal, and getting a chance to see her kind of go out on her own terms. Yeah, you know, playing. Yeah. It, you know, hopefully it extends a few more games. Mm-hmm. Um, but much better than you know, just the 
perfunctory 30 second let's give it a shot they need to sit out that was just brutal and tough to watch as a fan yeah so it's it's just cool like the it's interesting like somebody mentioned this and I, it might have been bennett or somebody like there's an argument made that while the ncaa tournament clearly was the goal we all wanted that mm-hmm. a one and done it's like oh cool little cap on the season right but for the the real big jamie basketball fans i think they might enjoy the opportunity to play brooks this weekend oh and virginia tech more than just having a one and done appearance yeah. in the NCAA. I mean, like I, you'd clearly you'd want you'd rather go to the NCAAs. Right. But you could end if you're a fan of this basketball team, mm-hmm. you're probably gonna enjoy watching them go on a run more because it's just gonna be more exciting. Yeah. You, know, it's gonna, you could get them to see another well, one game at a time and all that, but getting to see them win already mm-hmm. um, a couple times and then come down and see a former coach that is, you know, beloved and everybody's mm-hmm. Kind of happy mm-hmm. to see it. It's I don't know. It it's fun this time of year. It's you don't want to call it a consolation prize, right? But but it's a little bit of a consolation prize. I think it's much. It's a much harder call on the women's side than the men's side too, where the discrepancy between the top teams and everybody else is so much larger. And you, yeah. you just I mean you just don't see. I mean we see, see one wins. upset. It, we've seen an upset in you know we've seen big upsets in the women's tournament before. I mean, even a 16 has won a game before. But other than that, you don't see anybody on the women's side making a Loyola Chicago-type run to the Final Four. You know, I, I mean, you don't no, – no, you never see that. You've got four or five teams that you think could win. Yeah, and that's in, – In a competitive year. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this before. I, I don't know what the answer would be. I mean, it's an interesting question. I'm sure that Coach O'Regan and the players would say they want to win the – I mean, first of all, they want to hang the banner for winning the CAA tournament. Yeah. And and secondly, they want the chance to be on that big stage, no matter who they're playing or what the result is. But in, yeah, as a fan, it's I mean, the most fun we've ever had with this program is probably the run they had in 2012, I think, in the NIT. You know, um, I, I maybe have the year wrong, but when they made the run to the deep in the tournament and and this is given JMU fans who support the program so well. I mean, this is a, they're going to have a third game this Thursday at home, which is incredible. And and in this case, this year, I think you're exactly right. A chance to, there's nobody is not going to be motivated to play Kenny Brooks and Virginia tech on Thursday night at home. So yeah, it, it's like, I'm, I'm sure it's really hard on coach O right. and Kenny Brooks, but it's nothing but fun for, for fans. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, I saw the USF coach. I mean, he had said that, you know, if Kamaya hadn't gotten hurt, JMU would have been in the tournament. And obviously we all think that too. But this is really, really fun to uh, play Coach Brooks. And I, I don't know. It's got to be I, – I don't know what to say. I mean, if I'm Coach O or Coach Brooks, it can't be that fun for them. <laughs> no, it's like right. Dawkins and Coach K. That's right, yeah. <laughs> on, on Sunday. I mean, yeah, it's different with player-coach. But when you've got that relationship, when you've been through battles before – and you're competitive, you want to win, uh-huh. but it's still got to be tough. You know, it's going to be bittersweet when you, like Coach K, when he, when he oh, yeah. won the other night, like he was excited. You can tell he was kind of devastated and proud of Dawkins all wrapped up and won. And take the whole Coach K thing out of it. I know that's a loaded <laughs> whole concept for a lot of people. I thought he was getting old. He's like going soft all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I'm sure, I'm sure Coach Brooks and Coach O both want to win, mm-hmm. but it ain't going to be easy. They don't want to see it. You know, they they'd rather win than lose, but it ain't gonna be fun to think of one hand, you know, their mentor, the other hand, their their 
close confidant or, or right hand man mm-hmm. going down on the bad side of things. No, so these these things are always tough, but they're exciting for fans. Oh yeah, well that's what I was gonna say. I mean, this is a this is a huge game for the program on Thursday. I, I mean, it'd be a huge game if it was in the regular season to play Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. It'd be an even bigger game to play Virginia Tech coached by Kenny Brooks. To play them at this stage of the NIT is it's it's enormous. And if you're anybody listening who's down there can make it to the game on Thursday. I mean, we will be envious of you, but definitely don't miss this one if, if there's a way you can get to it. Um, it it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm just hopeful that Kamaya, it, you know, feels healthy enough to play the way she did over the weekend and kind of set everybody else up. I, I definitely, you know, no, no shade at anybody, but I, I, I have full confidence in Coach O um, in the game planning department for this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be funny to see these guys try to figure each other out when I uh, obviously they know each other extremely well. They certainly do. Yeah. So Rob, you wanted to uh, talk about a couple, uh, a, a sort of um, college hoops topic that you were thinking about and uh, you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah. Well, just, I mean, this time of year for me, it's well for the next two days until baseball starts, then my attention is split, but like everybody else, it's all tournament, all talking about college hoops, thinking about college hoops, kind of revolving around and so many memories of, of all the great players we've mm-hmm. seen, not only in March, but um, just throughout our time being college hoops fans. Yeah. So I just thought we could open it up and talk about non-JMU related. If you want yeah, to yeah. talk about JMU people, great. But um, the best college hoopers that we've seen. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to go back. Like I'll listen to stories all day about Lou Elsinder oh, yeah, yeah, no. and, and Bill Walton. Right. I, I, but I'm not going to pretend like I'm not going to judge those guys. But I'm talking like from the time we were fans and that can start whenever you want to really talk about your personal line in the sand. Right. For me, it's probably like age 10, 11, when I really started paying attention, knowing things like I have memories of, you know, vague memories of Ralph Sampson. I remember watching Ewing play, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Mullins, but like, that's when I just got hooked on the game. Mm-hmm. It yeah. wasn't until a couple of years later that I really started diving in and, and thinking of kind of what I consider to be my modern era of college hoops, which right. probably started with like that Johnny Dawkins. Yeah, 1990 team, is, probably. Yeah. Well, for me, it's probably like 86, yeah, 87. Yeah. The, the Len Bias, Johnny Dawkins right. type, um, type team. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I would just think like we could go through and just do, do this do a few. back and yeah, forth. Yeah, or do a yeah, few, yeah. But, like, you, do, um, you could start us off. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I think I've talked about this guy in the past, uh-huh. but um, I know I've talked about the team, but that Loyola Marymount team with Bo Kimball and Hank Gathers yeah, was so much fun to watch. And I just think Gathers was a, a force of nature, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it, it was weird because it was before the whole 24-7 media thing, and mm-hmm. they played Loyola Marymount, small school to begin with, but out on the West Coast. But um, I guess he was kind of – I don't want to say Zion before Zion because I'm not sure we've ever seen anything like Zion Williamson, but right. – Gathers was just nasty. Could just rebound, could shoot, could run the floor, uh-huh. could you know go around you, through you, over you. Yep. Um, and he was crazy. I think he averaged like twenty-eight points a game. One uh-huh. maybe thirty. Another. Um, uh huh. Just an absolute freak. I'm trying to. I'll pull up his stats. Yeah. Yeah. His junior year, he was like thirty-three points and fourteen rebounds a game. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, we, and, yeah, and yeah. they shot a lot. There was a pace. There was there was a pace thing. You're getting down, but yeah, he shot over fifty six percent from the field. Um, could absolutely rebound the ball. Had a pretty decent range for a big guy. Was mm-hmm. just an absolute blast to watch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it just 
kind of a, a larger than life figure when you saw him in the court. You saw a guy his size and shape you didn't think should be able to, to get up and down that fast with the rest of the team. But mm-hmm. then to stop on the dime and hit the jumpers and he and Kimball together were, were really fun to watch. But I think he's one of the, I don't know, one of the handful of best college basketball players I've oh, ever yeah. had the pleasure of watching. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, that's, it, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable to think about. And it just, it's so sad to think about what could have been, not just with that team, but with the career and everything else. Yeah. 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 Um, well, my honorable mention was Juan Dixon, just because I loved those Maryland teams. Um, I, I don't know. I wanted to talk. I mean, I, I don't think he, I mean, legitimately, he's not one of the best players ever, but he's probably one of the players I believed in most when his team was winning. So that he, he was like the perfect Gary Williams player. He was. Yeah. And just the guy who wasn't the flashiest was not even the most talented on any of those Maryland teams, mm-hmm. but just was so consistent, knew his role, mm-hmm. knew how to respond to Williams, who was kind of a difficult guy <laughs> to, talk, <laughs> to say the um, least, but good. But like, I will say we're talking about like, best x's and o's coach forget about recruiting oh yeah until the- unbelievable i think gary williams yeah me i'm like heads and shoulders if you need, if you need somebody to drop a play yeah. or get you to a game right um not, not gonna give you a shoulder to cry on or nurture you no, or, no, no. Or, or he certainly ain't gonna deal with the aau nonsense but that guy can flat out coach coach yeah well and, and for me that one was really special the only time i've been to the final four was in 2000 in minneapolis which mm-hmm. is where the final four is again this year and Maryland did blow a 22-point lead to Duke. That was the year before Maryland won the title with Juan. Um, but I got, I got to see him in person quite a bit and just loved watching him play and then enjoyed watching him as a pro as well. So that was kind of my yeah. early one. Um, well, that's, I mean, that, that's sentimental. Yeah. Objectively speaking, that's a horrible pick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I totally get it. Yeah. I, even as a non-Maryland fan, I really like watching him. But he would be like, if you had to pick like the ultimate glue guy, yeah, I, I think you get Dixon. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think he's he's not on the level of like a Gathers or Nelsender, but no, um, he's a guy you'd want to go to battle with for sure. Right, you know, and it's going to seem weird. People are going to be like, "Who the hell is Juan Dixon?" Mm-hmm. But if you watch what were some really great battles between Duke and Carolina and Maryland, mm-hmm. I mean, those were some great years in oh. the ACC where Maryland yeah. should be. Yeah, um, yeah right. <laughs> Dixon was just a, a terrific, you know, four-year college player, which is something you don't see anymore. Right. So I, I did pick five. I don't know what you did, Rob, but I'll just yeah. keep going. You can go keep if going. we're going to go Maryland, uh, my <laughs> yeah. Well, this mention, was my number one, so yeah. yeah. Okay. My yeah. honorable mention uh-huh. would be Len Bias. Yeah. Um, mostly because I just barely remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really early when I was in hoops. That was like. Raycom Sports Game of the Week ACC Jefferson Pilot the, Jeff, the, Jefferson Pilot you know the whole yeah. thing um, but he could do things that really just would make your jaw drop and uh-huh. um, I don't it's just just a fantastic guy above the rim what was it Tra- another I'm picking like all the sad tragedies here no 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 him and gathers no no I mean Bias was the first player I was aware of as a college player my dad you know just would jump off the couch and be like you have to come watch this. You know, I, I was really young and yeah, I mean, I was yeah, the fir- see, that, first a, like, player I was really aware of at all. And it, obviously kind of crazy the way everything went down, I, you know, tragic for bias personally and his family, but also, you know, interesting in the fact that that cost lefty his job and ultimately led him to JMU. Yeah. 
but yeah. I, I would, yeah, exactly. So he's, but I'd, I'd have to give him an honorable mention because it's really just vague, very faded memories from when I was a very young child. That's how but I am. That's the first I, player I was kind of aware of. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of guys that I actually remember watching mm-hmm. the whole career, uh, Tim Duncan. Yeah. Oh, great call. Yeah. Just, just a terrific player. Again, four years. I mean, it, it's mind blowing to think a guy that talented who went on to do so many good things in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, played for four years and it was unusual at the time for him because everybody's like oh i can't believe he's staying past his junior year mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't that he'd stay you know past one and done um i think he's one of those guys who might be somewhat overlooked because he went on to have such an amazing career in the nba mm-hmm. but he was a tremendous player at wake forest i think he had kind of rough luck in the tournament which again yep. contributes well to- he was really raw early on yeah, yeah he was raw but i wasn't i mean he was player of the year Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was ACC player of the year his last two years. Mm-hmm. And I think he might have won the Naismith mm-hmm. uh, his senior year. But he was a just an amazing player, the big fundamental. He, he was raw, like you said. Yeah. But he still had the, that, that game that would just kind of wear you down. Oh, yeah. Um, wasn't going to blow you away with athleticism, but just deadly, deadly like effectiveness would be the best way to describe Duncan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, no. like, it wouldn't blow you away, but it just, he just got it done. And uh, it was it was fun. Also, like I'm very biased towards guys that I got to watch for yeah, me three yeah. four years. Yeah, they just they grow on you. But um, oh yeah, well, um, and Dun- Duncan, Dun- Duncan was my guy. Yeah, and I think I've talked about this on here before. I, I it's I, it's funny. I actually forgot about Duncan tonight, but it's really personal for me because one of my best friends from high school. Shout out to Jackie Ball, uh, goalkeeper, Wake Forest women's soccer. Um, really good friend of Tim Duncan's at Wake Forest. They're the same class. And I I sort of you know. I don't know. Osmosis kind of followed his career when he was there as someone that I, you know, was a friend of a friend, sort of Um, just feel really fortunate to have followed that at the time and really cool. Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, he was unbelievable. Those, those Wake Forest teams were great. And was that with Childress? Yeah. I think there were a couple years early with Childress. I don't know that Childress was there late, but yeah, another, and he's another DC kid, Childress or DC area guy. Yeah, so kind of cool. It's funny because I actually forgot about David Robinson. I can't say that I actually watched David Robinson, but CAA. probably go, go through yeah, the CAA probably the books. best CAA player of all time. So yeah, yeah um, pretty cool. Rob, I'm going to steal one of yours because I, I have to. I, it, it's with grudging respect. I have to say, I mean, Leitner is definitely one yeah. of the best college well, players ever. Leitner is my tops, and I know that's unpopular. Yeah, you can take no, he's got, no, but it, it's but, undeniable. I mean, it's undeniable. I mean, it just look at look at all, you know, the big games he played in, and how he rose to the occasion and all four them, final fours. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, um, kind of the unquestioned leader of of a couple really amazing, like all time great college hoops teams. Mm-hmm. Um, he had range that big guys his size didn't have mm-hmm. back in the early 90s he could shoot free throws he could pass mm-hmm. um he was about the most competitive guy you'd ever watch yeah um and that came out in a lot of maybe bad ways but, <laughs> no he was he was an absolutely dominant college basketball player oh yeah um just a great all-around player yeah just terrific yeah i mean and everybody i mean half the country hated him right <laughs> um but like people hate duke because of christian Leitner. yeah they weren't really that Hurley was, you know, wasn't the most likable guy either. But it was really the two of them. Before that, they were just kind of the, and yeah, I don't want to say up and coming team, but yeah, they were just another team in the ACC. Yeah, 
Yeah, like nobody yeah. knew Johnny Dawkins or Tommy Amaker or no. Danny Ferry. I mean, right. like these guys were just like, oh, that's a good team, but they weren't winning year in year out right. until Leitner got there. Then, like you said, it was perennial Final Four team. Yep. No, I mean that's that you can't question that at all. Um, I'm going to go a little bit kind of off the board, mm-hmm. I guess, but and this is one that people might not think of, and I'll probably <laughs> look. But Kenyon Martin. Oh, was was a sick college basketball player. Player. Yeah, at Cincinnati, uh, didn't he? He hurt his knee. Yeah, he right tore his, his knee last... like the last game of the conference tournament or something. Yeah, before I... the NCAA tournament and couldn't and, play. I, and I want to say, weren't they a number one team? They were. Year, they, or, they got the number maybe one even seed. Undefeated or yeah, they they were the number one all year, and then they got the number one seed even after the injury. But they really weren't. I mean, and it's it's so sad, right? I mean, he had a he had a really solid NBA career. Um, but before the injury, athletically, he just was an absolute freak. I mean, that was my, my fear when Zion went down earlier this year was that exact thing. Yeah. It was like, well, here's this guy that could be one of the best players, you know, could be immediately one of the top 20 players in the NBA, and they, we might never see it. And that's sort of how I felt about Kenyon Martin. Um, Martin was just fierce. Like, oh. it, it, you're almost like afraid. He just he moved with so much energy, mm-hmm. and he was so explosive. And unfortunately, that's you know it, it kind of went his own demise. But um, man, he was just that, that team was crazy. And that was Bobby Huggins mm-hmm. back when he coached Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kind of like a villainous team. Oh, very much. So. Huggins and man, the rivalry they had going with Xavier. I mean, the games got nasty oh, yeah. for years. But Martin was a beast he was yeah yeah my other uh, the next one for me was and this is my first favorite player in college basketball was danny manning oh I, he was I, on my list yeah yeah i loved that kansas team and, and the run that they made and i don't remember the guy's name but kansas had another really good player that year um who got hurt and couldn't didn't play like late you know the whole stretch run of the season and through the tournament and people had kind of not to say written them off i mean they're kansas and they had danny manning but it wasn't supposed to – it would be like if um, R.J. Barrett went down, you know, had gone down a month ago and not wasn't coming back. And Danny Manning just put, him, put that team on his back and took him all the way to the title against an unbelievable Oklahoma team at the time that had a bunch of guys that would go on to great pro careers. And I just – yeah, Danny Manning was – he was so, so good. And another guy who – like kind of like Leitner, kind of like Kenyon Martin, um, you know – not a bad NBA player, but never, never quite became what, the pro that you thought he might be. Right? No, never reached the level. I mean, he, he yeah, you don't want to say he peaked in college because he probably no, but he's not a Hall of Famer. Ten years, he's not a pro basketball Hall of Famer. You know? No, but he had a good, yeah. solid career. Right. I, he probably averaged double figures. Think, I'm but, sure. No, yeah, he he took over that tournament completely. I mean, that that, that was the Danny Manning tournament, and. Um, was that Larry that Brown Oklahoma coaching? Yeah, that yeah. was Larry Brown. Yeah, I mean, a fun team to watch for sure. Yeah, yeah, and then who like who else you yeah, got? They, they beat Oklahoma. Was that I think that's Oklahoma the Wayman Tisdale. Isn't that the uh, who's the big fat guy for them? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it was Oklahoma in the championship. Who was at the time they were both in the Big Eight and had already had a bunch of rival, you know, bunch of tough games against each other leading up to that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Oklahoma in the end. So Mookie Bla- was it? Mookie, Mookie Bla- Bla- might have been the Mookie. Uh, Mookie was on my list actually. Mookie Blaylock and a uh, Harvey Grant. Is that what it was? Yeah. Was on the team. And, yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Kansas beat Duke. 
in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. That was the the Danny Ferry team. And Danny Ferry, I yeah. might have been might have been Player of the Year the year after that. I think Manning got it that year. Mm-hmm. But, no, Manning, that's a great choice. Yeah. he was he was a terrific terrific player. Um, Steve Kerr was on, was in the Final Four that year. <laughs> He was on the Arizona, Arizona? Yeah. yeah, man, that that was a fun tournament. I remember that. I know. Well, that's when guys stayed for four years because I was thinking about Mookie because Mookie was on the other end of the Glenn Rice year. Yeah. Um. You know, you think about God, these guys are so good. Yeah. We don't see that very often anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go. I guess my last one because mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll start to drill after this. Um, yeah, I got one more. I was I was more of a Grant Hill fan. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna go actual favorites so this guy was kind of neck and neck the, the last year but glenn robinson yeah i was wondering if you, he was on mine all right good I'm, yeah and you got I to think, see him play it live right no no, no. that's a, that's a great myth that was the year after he left purdue oh that's what it was they, they came to the combo i think i think he might have left purdue after his junior year mm-hmm. but they came mm-hmm. purdue played against lefty's team i want to say in 95 perhaps mm-hmm. and i think i think robinson left purdue in 94 okay so i think that was his rookie year in the nba yeah um but he was great he was neck and neck with grant hill kind of for national player of the year mm-hmm. on the year i think he ended up winning it um hill had you know hill had a great game too but i think that time hill had switched to point guard by his senior year was trying to yeah, yeah position. Right. Mm-hmm. robinson was kind of the old school you know power forward you don't see nowadays right um, back to the basket guy, but also could face you up, and really just uh, perfect for the style of ball that Big Ten played back then. Mm-hmm. Um, a real kind of bang it out, much like yeah. the picture of Big Ten football now. That's kind of how Big Ten basketball was, right? Where you just had like big guys, not plotting or anything, you know, very athletic guys like Robinson. But it was a much different game. It right. was a you know pound it down low and. Uh, you know, our strength against your strength mm-hmm. and somebody like Robinson was going to go right up over you or, or around you. Oh, yeah. um, Unbelievable. Yeah. He was, he was a great player. He'd go back and, and similar. Like we're picking all these guys who kind of not peaked in college, but definitely did not have the same success no, um, no. that they did. And Robinson again had a, had a good career in the NBA, yep. but he nowhere near the level that he had uh, at, at Purdue. No. And, and my last guy is a very, very similar story. Um, and I, I've been thinking about him a lot um, with watching Zion this year. And my last guy is Larry Johnson. Yeah. Um, that's probably my favorite college team ever. And I was very strongly in the anti-Duke camp back at that time uh, growing up. But, the, I mean, it's hard with Larry Johnson because that UNLV team was – I mean, they were unbelievable, right? They had three, at least three, right? I mean, Augman and Greg Anthony. And, I mean, they had three guys who would have – lengthy and strong NBA careers and LJ had a pretty good I mean he had some years there I mean that little stretch with the Knicks after the Hornets I mean both yeah. you know I mean his first six seven years were really strong um, but I've just been thinking about him a lot because I can't I, I don't know how else to he's the guy that I he's the one guy that comes to mind so much when I watch Zion play now um, for me it, it, I know, you know, I don't know. It's just their kind of body type and the little kind of variety in their game and, and how athletic they are at that size. He's, I mean, I, Zion may be better. I miss mean, as a fan. I, I hope he is, but yeah, grandma Mo was uh pretty, pretty fun to watch. And those UNLV teams, I mean that when Duke beat them, that seemed to me at the time as I don't know what I was in middle school or something like the biggest upset in the world. I well, didn't I mean, think they would ever was. lose, right? Yeah, they'd beaten Duke by 
like 40 points the year before. 30-something yeah. points yeah. in the Final Four. Um, and they I just mean, dunked every time. I mean, they were just athletically so superior. And that Duke team, what we didn't know was, I think that was that Grand Hills freshman year when they actually won. I mean, they, they, yeah. did, they actually did. They had had the significant infusion of athleticism at the time, yeah. pre, pre-injury stuff for Grand Hill. They, they were actually able to compete in a different way than they had been the year before. But, man, Larry Johnson was – he just felt unstoppable at the time. Well, that for, team could – with was it Anderson Hunt? It was. Anderson Hunt. But, yeah, Hunt and, and uh, Greg Anthony playing guard. I mean, they just – they just swallowed people up defensively. They hit yeah, threes a hundred times a game. Stacey Ogman was like the best. I mean, he, he was one of the better defenders at the NBA level later yeah. on. And then to have so a guy like Larry they, Johnson that was just not even category, like you couldn't categorize him in any way in college. Yeah. I mean, he was just a man. Yeah. Yeah. And that team threw down some dunks. I mean, they would put so much pressure on the, on the ball handlers and end up causing tons of turnovers. Yeah. They could press. And just freak people out. Yeah, and it's just and Pete Tarkanian, too. Like, just, you know, doing nothing on the sidelines, laughing the whole time. Chewing it was his an towel. intimidating team. Yeah, it was a really intimidating team. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't talk about – I guess we didn't talk about Ewing or Iverson here. I think both of those are guys we would have yeah. – It's hard because, I, I mean, Iverson came – I mean, he only played, what, two – one or two years at Georgetown? Like, two, two, two years. years. So, I mean, as we've – all of the guys we mentioned tonight, I, I don't know that we mentioned anybody post – 2005 and the reason is because none of those players stay no it's just it's tough i mean there's mm-hmm. another guy like who kind of came in as a juco and then left but stevie francis oh had had a, i think it was only two year run but i like you i preferred dixon mm-hmm. and i thought dixon was kind of the better all-around player to build around mm-hmm. but francis could go off on any given night for 25 30 points yeah um, absolutely explosive yeah and i think we didn't talk i mean even chris weber i thought about but didn't you know they didn't win either year and didn't stay the whole time um and the team around him obviously was i mean he ended up playing with i mean with jalen rose and Jawan howard i mean it wasn't just chris weber uh the only other guy i thought of rob that we didn't talk about was chris jackson who i loved watching at lsu yeah yeah i mean little guards that are quicker than everybody else make me happy all the time so yeah but, but i mean he also didn't didn't he have Shaq when he was a? Uh, I think at one, he, they may have overlapped. I don't know I think that they played the whole time. Yeah. No, no, he definitely and, did not. But I and think and Shaq, for all that he would become and as good as he was in college, was extremely raw, super, <laughs> super raw, super raw, super at, raw. At, at LSU. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they also. I think um, they had Stanley. Well, they have that big. They had another big guy at the time, but yeah, Chris Jackson was unbelievable to watch. Yeah. Well, then also, I mean, you're not going to like it because I know you can't stand Duke. Oh but, no. no. Um, Jay Williams was a hell of a college basketball player. Yeah, that one's tough for me because that's the game. That's the Maryland blowing the 22-point lead. Oh, yeah. It's the, the Jay Williams. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly um, Shane Battier taking charges, standing, like, out of bounds. <laughs> that's another guy. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, college like, guys. Just college guy. Like, I mean, he was – I think he started as a freshman. He was part of a pretty pretty heralded recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe it was it with Williams and Dunleavy, but then those guys graduated in three years. He stuck around, yep. and it's like he didn't even shoot for the first two years. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, junior year, you realize the guy could shoot from twenty five feet out, <laughs> and then he was Player of the Year as a senior, yep. and then just kind of went right back to the ultimate role player for his NBA career. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just very adaptable to whatever the team needed. Yep. Um, that was just more surprising, uh, you know. Yes. 
then I, I wouldn't say he was a, a dominant player. He had a dominant year. Mm-hmm. Um, who else are we forgetting? Yeah, I, I'm sure we're forgetting a ton. I was trying to think of anybody else. Who else did I talk about here? That's, I mean. I mean, everybody wants to say Jordan. I do remember vaguely watching Jordan. Jordan was not. No, he wasn't. Was not. I, I know I mean, a guy for me, my, one of, uh, in the Danny Manning area for me was Steve Alford, who, yeah. who um, just, you know, now is kind of a punchline. And when you think back on those teams, it, you, it's all colored by whatever your view is or isn't of Coach Knight at the time. But I didn't think Alford could do anything wrong. And that's, yeah. you know, I mean, they, he just, I felt like they won every game and he made every shot. You know, they kind of did. He kind, they kind of did, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he was another guy I was thinking of a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you could. Marcus Camby. Camby's really good. I think I always had the sense. I mean, that's Calipari. I always had the sense that that was shady. I don't know. Maybe I just was yeah. biased at the time. But yeah, I'm. I'm not a Carolina guy, but I always love Anton Jameson's game. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, he was a pretty dominant guy. Yeah, I think Rex Chapman um, at Kentucky. Yeah, was a guy that I got to watch that I think of that way. I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard because there's a bunch of guys that like had big runs or were great college players that I still don't think of as dominant in the way that most of the guys we talked about tonight were. Or then you guys, guys like Kevin Durant or Carmelo Anthony, who were amazing, right. but you know, one and done, it just, it changes everything. Yes. Yeah, changed everything. That's exactly right. I mean, it, it's just, there's nothing, nothing like it today at all. Um, no, Anthony Davis. Yeah. You know, led, led Kentucky. He was amazing, Wall, but it's right? like, I mean, you, yeah. yeah, go to win a championship and you're out the door. You're gone. Yeah. So that's tough. Rob, um, you got it. Last thing tonight. What do you got your picks? Um, picks in baseball here. It's opening oh. day on Thursday, Rob, my poor Mets fan. <laughs> I saw the, what is it? Syndergaard's already pissed. They have to go to Syracuse and not play a game this week. Oh, well, they went. They, they were on the tarmac for three and a half hours. So it got even worse. <laughs> right. But they got there and they signed DeGrom to a five-year extension. So. so that's a win. Yeah. That was a win. Yeah. And I'm going on Saturday. Okay. So. I mean, Hopefully you can do this Syndergaard just what your World Series pick is, what your playoff picks, whatever you want. Oh, wait, playoff picks? Um, I don't have anything shocking. I, I don't buy this Phillies hype for the – for the NL East. Yep. Nope. I, I think I think the off the offense very good, pitching very top heavy. I'm not sure they've got a full rotation. Mm-hmm. Might have Woo-hoo! one of the worst defensive outfields of all, all time. time. Yes. I mean, just absolutely atrocious. So, I it pains me to say I don't want to say this, but I think the Nats are in the division. Yeah, me too. Um, right. I think Soto's the real deal. I think Rendon is very good. Goodness gracious! I mean, I, it it scares me watching him, but I also really respect and admire Scherzer yeah it's like with Greg Maddox you know I hated those Braves teams but how can you not appreciate somebody like Scherzer or Maddox so I think they're the team to beat I think the Mets will challenge for second Mm -hmm. um I don't know what yeah no I mean I I, baseball's so weird right because there's so many games in the season if if Scherzer and Strasburg both get hurt then there's no season at all for the Nets no I mean I have no like with JMU football next year I'm fairly confident that they're like they're going to be somewhere between seven and four and 11 and zero, right? Yeah. Like I, I, and it's not like they're going to be challenging for the playoffs. You can usually predict that baseball. I, I will say it's gotten really weird with all the tanking. Yeah. Like there's only like, like looking at this and trying to choose my playoff picks. I mean, like the, the bottom half of major league baseball right now is, has no chance at all. <laughs> like, like there'll be one, maybe one team 
that sneaks into the playoffs on either side. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had Nats, Brewers, Dodgers. I actually did have the Phils as a wild card and the Cubs. But I, I, for me, I, I, I think this is the year for the Nats to finally win a playoff series. I think they get to play the Dodgers in the NLCS. Uh, the Yankees, I, I don't see how. I mean, I know the Sox won last year. I think they have a little bit of a hangover. Maybe, maybe they get a wild card. The Yankees, Indians, Astros. I, I mean, I don't see anybody else in the Indians division that can compete at all. I don't see anybody can finish with 500. Right. The Yankees, Indians, Astros, then wild card. Yeah. You're looking at, yeah. I think Sox and. Yeah, kind of my. Maybe Seattle? Yeah, Oakland? I thought even the Angels, maybe. One of those teams in the, in the West. I would love it if it was the Angels. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see them just feeling good, um, you know, getting there at some point. I mean, there's a couple teams in the NL. I, I think, beyond, I mean, the cards with Goldschmidt this year could, they're always the cards. Um, you know, if you want to take a real flyer, even the Padres with all their upgrades, if they get some pitching. I think they're a year or two out. I think so too. They've, but... got, they've got a good farm. And they're going back to the brown and yellow uniform. Yeah. Ooh, very smart. Very smart move. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, it was like, I mean, I don't, I don't trust the Indians, but I don't see anybody beating them to that title in the central. And so I, no. I kind of had the Yanks over the Indians, Nats over the Dodgers and the Nats Yanks in the world series. Um, but that's obviously a Homer pick for me, but I do think the Nats are a prime, maybe one of the all time prime candidates for a Ewing theory team where they lose Bryce Harper, the star player. And I, I could see them kind of coming together as a big team this year. The problem for them is that the, the Mets have, Really strong rotation. The Phillies are Bryce Harper's going to hit a gazillion home runs to that short porch in Philly, and even and, the, and obviously the Braves are and the Braves are yeah Hoskins to get too, and and obviously the Braves were won the division and have Acuna and they're going to be really good this year too. I, I just I don't know. I I've, I will say as a Nat <laughs> as he now whatever it is thirteen year Nats fan, I um I don't know that I've been more excited about a team than they am this year. I mean, I think of the years when Strasburg and Harper were coming up and when they first made the playoffs, but I didn't necessarily believe they were going to make the playoffs the first time they won the division coming into the season. Where this team, I just, I, there's nobody I don't like on this team or there's no, you know, last, the last two years, the whole team has been, what's going to happen with Harper? What's all this going to be? I mean, there's been this cloud over everything. And this year, there, it just seems like, I'm just so excited for Soto and Robles and, Turner this year and and Rendon. I mean, that just seems so dangerous to, to me. And they patched the hole at catcher for once. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be relying on Strasburg staying healthy, which is never something to rely on. But yeah, I don't know. I, I still think they're the best team in the division. I can't stand them, but yeah, I, I think top to bottom. And I, I'm really excited. I mean, if, if they got Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin, you know, if they get two thirds of a season out of two of those three guys, I think they're going to be fine. Because I just think they're going to score a ton of runs this year, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, pick, I think the Astros are going to win again. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's no. That's what I mean. If you pick the Astros, that, the Red Sox, the Yankees, I don't think any one of the three of those teams. It'd be hard to argue against any of those three to me. Yeah. I just think the Red Sox maybe have a little bit of a hangover from last year in a strong division. It, there's got to be some regression. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't good. do anything this year. Yeah, I mean, the Astros and the Yankees are so so good right now i think so who knows but uh 
So who do you think is going to win it all this year, Rob? The Astros? I think I think the Astros. So Rob's I think Ast- Astros over the Dodgers. All right. Astros over the Dodgers. I got Nats over Yankees, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> so everybody enjoy opening day. It's a great time of the year right now. Um, thanks, as always, to Mossy Creek. Thanks to Palefire. Looking forward to seeing all of those guys soon here in a few weeks. And, Rob, I will talk to you next week, maybe a little more spring football, and maybe we'll dive a little deeper into something else in the spring sports world. Yeah, sounds good. Have a good right. weekend, everybody. Yeah, thanks. Go Dukes.